Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Yet we do know that to continue celebrating life on this planet, we have to be mindful of the environment and the health of the many animals who share our world. And that's why I am especially excited to speak with our guest today, Joel Fattore. Joel is a photographer, speaker, author, teacher, and a 25-plus year contributor to National Geographic magazine. But even more, Joel is on a personal mission. His lifetime goal is to document the varied species of animals and present them in breathtaking photographs so that we can truly appreciate the contribution of each one of these amazing creatures. Joel is also the creator of one of the most beautiful books I have ever seen. It's published by National Geographic, and it's called called The Photo Arc, One Man's Quest to Document the World's Animals. I cannot wait to share this with our audience. So welcome, Joel. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, I have had the great joy of interviewing you earlier, and I have to say, what a talent. And I also personally admire your quest so much. Uh, This book, though, is especially Stunning, the photographs and the information is fascinating as well. So I'd like to start out, though, by you telling us a little bit about your own story, your life's mission, how it began, and what, le- what led you to take on this this amazingly huge challenge. Sure. Well, you know, I was a, uh, a National Geographic magazine photographer doing field work for about 17 years and 35 stories or so. And then my wife got breast cancer, and she's fine today, but she had to go through chemo and radiation. This is 17 years ago almost now. And we had three kids at home, and I, I stayed home for a year to take care of her and the kids. And, and um, while I was home, I had a chance to think about, well, I'd, I'd done a lot of conservation stories for the magazine. And many of them involved animals that are so small and they hide so well. They live in muddy water or high up in the trees. They might be sparrows or toads or minnows that, that uh, nobody's going to ever see them before they go away. I mean, we're, we're, we're at risk now of losing a lot of biodiversity to extinction in the coming decades. And so I thought, you know, they really do need a voice. And um, sure, the photo arc, we celebrate gorillas and tigers and giraffes, but we, we also really, sub, we really like the, the little guys, you know, the underdogs. So when Kathy got better and uh, I started in again, I thought, you know, if I can, I can really see these animals if they're on black and white backgrounds, if they're lit well, no size comparison. So the elephant is no bigger than a, than a mouse. The tiger beetle is as big as a tiger. Um, Maybe we do that. The eye contact, no distractions on, in these, on these backgrounds. So the eye contact reads right away. And um, it's just a great chance to try to celebrate some of the lesser known species. And that was 11,000 species ago now. We crossed the 11,000 <laughs> species mark with, uh, with a dart moth. Uh, it's called the long-toothed dart moth. Um, caught it and photographed it and let it go along the Pecos, Pecos River in New Mexico during the pandemic. I did a lot of insects. I uh, didn't know it was special until I heard back from some people that really know moths, and it had never been photographed alive before since it was described in 1890. So, so it gives us a chance to talk about insects and how important they are, and, and we've never had an insect as one of our milestone species. So there you go. 
Well, Joel, now I knew uh, that you had photographed 11,000 species. I mean, my goodness, congratulations on that one. But I hadn't realized what this particular uh, identified one was. I mean, how exciting for you. It must be, I mean, you've got got a real mission and you've got real value to your work. So in addition to the beautiful book, which, uh, like I say, is stunning, you're doing something that really will make a difference for now and for future generations. Well, thanks. We we hope so. I mean, for a lot of these animals, it's really the only chance they'll ever have to to have their voices heard before they go away. Um, and, and and it's an opportunity, really, to to try to turn things around, to get the public to care about extinction, realize that we need these animals if we're to survive ourselves. We have to have insects. We, without insects, we'd all be dead. We we couldn't make it. They they clean up the world there. They, they're, the, they're the trash recyclers and the composters. They're the pollinators of fruits and vegetables. They eat other in, insects, eat each other to keep their numbers in control so that, so that we can grow crops. They're huge. They're huge. I mean, it's, we, we really do have to have these other animals. And so the, the goal isn't to just become a giant obituary for what we squandered. The goal is to get the public to care about extinction and, and think about what we can do. And if you wouldn't mind, I might tell folks things they can do in their own backyard. Would that be okay? Oh, Joel, I would love that. Thank you. Sure, sure. So, so if, um, if people think about it, you know, we can actually save insects big time just through how we manage our lawns. Our lawns right now, most people, they pour chemicals all over them to kill bugs and, and weeds. Well, that's hard on the environment, pouring poison all over the ground. It ends up in groundwater. It certainly kills insects and other microorganisms, uh, and we need these insects. Most insects are not harmful to people. And so we planted a pollinator garden with, with uh, milkweed for monarch butterflies to lay their eggs and have their young, and, wow. and nectar-bearing plants to bring in bees and butterflies. And, we, and we've, I documented more than, I think, 30 species of native bees that came into our backyard pollinator garden, and then we did the same over at our office. Um, it's a great thing. And we grew a vegetable garden so our kids could see how food's produced. They knew how food was produced, but they got out there and helped. And that was good for insects, too. Plus, I didn't have to mow those areas anymore, which was really nice because they're just going to work <laughs> yeah. for nature. And it was fabulous. So that's a, that's a big thing. Um, it's, the other thing is by buying, you know, think about how you spend your money. What's in your purse or your wallet, there's the power to really vote to vote for the environment, buy, buy things that are produced sustainably. Um, and think about, think about exactly what you're buying. The, you have the power to tear the world up or to help build it back up by just using your credit cards and your, and your money. That's a, that's a big deal. But beyond that, insulating your home well actually makes you money, makes you money right off the bat. Eating less meat. Meat is, meat is uh, very consumptive. A lot of the way meat's produced is very consumptive in terms of water and chemical use and um, and reducing re- reusing and recycling the products that you buy these are all things that you can do just in your own backyard and they, they make you money being green is actually profitable so people should think about that a little bit and and realize that it's actually fun it makes you feel good 
Well, Joel, I knew you were going to inspire me because looking through the book, I knew you're quite the inspirational guy. But this is this is really important stuff. Thank you so much for sharing those tips because I totally agree. You, you want a better life for your grandchildren and, you know, let them and your great-grandchildren down the line. And speaking of future generations, this is a generation that's already here, but I love the photo art kids edition. Yeah, that was fun. That's Kwame Alexander wrote that, and he's an award-winning poet. And so we're very fortunate he joined the team on that one. Uh, and that's for kids. And, you know, man, it's super important to make sure that because kids are inside so much now during the pandemic especially, but, you know, they weren't exactly outside a whole lot. A lot of kids in our neighborhood, they're, they're inside on screens. Getting them, getting them introduced to nature and reminding them how amazing nature is that's really vital. When they grow up and they're making financial decisions or governmental decisions, they've got to value nature like we do. You know, they just have to know that, that a flowing river is a beautiful thing and that clean skies, clean air, clean water, that's all good. It's good for us, good for nature too. Um, the, the main photo arc books as well, and we've done several, are also places that kids can go look because they're photo books that celebrate biodiversity. Um, and those are available actually through Geographic Store, People can come to joelsartori.com. They can get signed copies of the books or signed archival uh, prints if people would like photographs. Uh, I own the rights to everything, so we can do that. People can go to also the photoarc.org, and they can see uh, an endless scroll of all the animals in the photo arc. Uh, They can do that on my site as well, joelsartori.com. So lots of things. And the other thing, too, I want to mention is if people have questions about the things they can do to save nature, in their own backyards or at home, come to our website and ask us. We've got lots of ideas for people, and they're ideas that will also make you money. Well, Joel, I can't think of a better way. I will have to close right now because I know you have other people to speak to, but I'm so grateful for not only having this wonderful book myself, but also for your inspiration and your ideas and your mission. Thank you, Joel. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Uh, also, we do want to let everybody know that uh, National Geographic's The Photo Arc, go to Joel's website, check out the book. It is a feast for the eyes, but more importantly, this book represents a profound call to all of us to preserve the wonders of our planet for generations to come, and I'm talking about your grandchildren. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. See you, and i catch you later. Bye-bye.